I love you. Very nice. You came back. Welcome. Uh, I'm oh, the green no. traveler. This is <laughs> green faceless on the couch. I'm not doing any more than that. You probably heard that like for most of our childhood, we probably heard that more than like a hundred times a day. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the one that really persists still is my wife. I feel like people are still on that. And you know what? I wa- we watched the movie and he doesn't really say it like that. <laughs> he no, no, says, no. This is my wife. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we exaggerated a lot of things. Like, I mean, even the very nice, uh, it, it's yeah. very minimal in the movie. He only does like yeah. maybe three or four times. But the high five bit's pretty good, though. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But boy, did kids, kids stretch that to the extreme and say it for everything. Man, why were kids watching these movies? Okay, well, I am uh, the face of Leon, and this is a podcast yeah. about movies and TV. And I think uh, pretty obvious. Well, I mean, if you clicked on to listen to this, you know we're talking about the Borat movies. Yeah, the first one with uh, Borat: Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Glorious and it has nothing to do with has nothing to do with actual Kazakhstan. It was banned in actual Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they did not appreciate it. They're like, we're our culture is nothing like this. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I I have read Sasha Baron Cohen talking about that in particular, and he said, I I just wanted to pick a country that people have scarcely heard of and know nothing about, so that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I could do whatever I wanted in it, which you know maybe he should have made up a country i mean he could have yeah i mean, I mean yeah, he could have easily have he done could that. have still been of central in central asia he could have like cut out some borders in there and just like this is uh little stan or something i don't right know. but then the reaction wouldn't be real because people at least know the name kazakhstan they just don't yeah got yeah. it they don't know anything about it at least in our country but in reality if you just chose any kind of weird word you know it's just like oh yeah. this is uh you know dubakalvistan it's just like oh okay yeah sure I, that I, yeah. could be real sure <laughs> it's, like, it's like it doesn't sound right but i'm not gonna question it because i don't know anything about that region of yeah. the world <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know central asia man i don't know i guess right? it's really western asia but they call it central asia don't they i'm not mistaken in that don't question things. The way the Western <laughs> world labels the rest of the world is crazy. Like the Middle East, I suppose yeah. that makes sense if you're in Europe, but we know that right. there's two other continents in the West, so uh, whatever. <laughs> or the East, depending on how it's a globe. Everybody, yeah. You should know it's a globe. Some people are arguing that nowadays, and that's, yeah. That's not yeah. what we're talking about today, though. <clears throat> What's the other yeah, movie called? Oh, it, it well, it had many titles, uh, but it's, it does. Its main main title was uh, Borat: Subsequent Movie Film Delivery of Prodigious Bride to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Yep, yep. But <laughs> like you said, there's a bit throughout where the title keeps on changing. And it, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like be, that bit. yeah, because the the American regime that he is 
offering his daughter up to as a bride changes from person to person the case i think two times or is it just once i mean other other things happen i guess that you know once it fails it alters the title yeah i think yeah i think that was the main bit like at first they were gonna offer this monkey porn star oh yeah uh (laughs) he's kazakhstan's uh minister ministry of culture too i think yeah wasn't he um, wasn't his he, name just jimmy or something like that or something really simple. johnny johnny the monkey johnny. it's johnny the monkey johnny and he was a chimpanzee uh porn star which is just ridiculous but oh, we're not God. we should probably talk about Every, these movies in order uh, well, everything about these movies is ridiculous i don't think there's really anything to talk about it's just the main the main plot and what happens because in the yeah that's true in the first borat film uh the plot is really just Borat, Borat is sent to America to, I guess, learn about the culture and bring it back to Kazakhstan, make a documentary yeah. about it. Yeah. And while That's there, pretty much it. Yeah, while there, he just gets the idea that he has to marry Pamela Anderson. <laughs> I don't remember why, yeah. but that yeah, becomes he, uh, his, his sole goal. Uh, the, his first experience with Pamela Anderson is sitting in the hotel room flipping through the channels, which at first he like turns on the tv and all there is is you know when you go to a hotel they have like that that slide show up uh yeah. that's just talking about like stuff you could do at the hotel and he's <laughs> like i've been watching this for three hours it never changes and he's like well you have to change the channel <laughs> and and he's flipping through the channels and all of a sudden he lands on Baywatch and he's like, I must meet this CJ. I must. <laughs> and it's like the beauty of it is in, in that first movie, <laughs> everything is set up and and that the people who interact with him on the in the in the scenes, they're clueless. They have no idea that he's an actor. Yeah. They have no idea that he is yeah. basically just mocking them. He's not actually clueless about every american way he's just so you know he's just acting this way and these people are just they have no idea about it and so the reactions are real and sometimes they're very gentle yeah. and they're very like oh this guy just doesn't understand how a remote control works all right you know you you have to flip through the channels like this with this button and it's like oh okay yeah and other times they're a little more uh cautious you know borat greets everybody with two kisses on the cheeks and there are yeah. some men who greatly threaten him when he approaches. Yeah, them. Do, I will sock you in. The, one guy said, "I'll uh, pop you in the dick." <laughs> yeah. One guy, they try to kiss me. I mean, like for real though. I mean, obviously, Sasha Baron Cohen knows that you don't go walking around New York trying to kiss people. Right. <laughs> Well, especially like, not during a pandemic, which is when the second film is filmed. With the second film, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there's some moments in the uh, second one where I think he took jokes a little too far at times. I'm like, come on, man. Like, Yeah, I mean, though, that is kind of the just the comedy in general of these two films. I, I think that is his intent to take yeah. it as far as he, as he fucking can. Yeah, and I, I just... I, I, I think for the most part he does a great job at it, but there were a few areas in the second film where I just felt like a line was crossed that I was just like, for me as the viewer, I was like, all sure. right, now I'm not having fun sure. anymore. I'm just kind of uh, pissed. I at mean, you. 
Yeah, I definitely had that moment for for both films, honestly. I, I, I think I'll say up front that this comedy really isn't my cup of tea. One thing I meant to do is look up like the Webster Dictionary definition of satire. I'm going to do it real quick. <laughs> so, this is uh, according to, to uh, Oxford. Ooh, fancy. A noun, the use of humor, irony, exaggeration to expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices, particularly in the context of contemporary politics and other topical issues. So hit the nail on the head right there. That explains the Borat films entirely. And yeah. uh, like I think something you mentioned uh, before we started recording is that unfortunately, some people are going to watch these movies and be like, yeah, I do agree with that. Like with yeah. some of the stupid backward shit that Borat is portraying. There's some people who just don't recognize satire or sarcasm or like that kind yeah. of humor like it just goes over their heads and they they actually see it as being real you know they don't see it as being yeah. mocking or you know as you said exposing it definitely does a great job at exposing that's the thing is like i was definitely entertained and there's a lot that are a lot of problems that are brought very clearly to light by people who just didn't realize they were uh what they yeah. were saying on a in a camera i guess like those frat guys right. on the bus in the first movie, the the frat bros that give him a bus ride. Oh, the frat bus. Oh yeah, the in the RV. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they. Oh my god, those fucking guys. I I hated them. Oh, I for do too. Sure. I want to know if they've watched this back and been like, "Oh shit, I'm a shit terrible person, aren't I?" I'm sure that they wrote it that they watched it because they were frat bros and i i'm i i know that the frat bros were like yeah you gotta watch this movie it's really (laughs) i'm in it (laughs) yeah uh they yeah they were spouting some uh, awful um anti-feminist stuff and racial stuff it was it was gross yeah. like one guy in particular was like the minorities actually have more power in this country oh, isn't that yeah. messed up and i'm like yeah. what the hell dude i mean first off wholly inaccurate second yeah. off maybe we need to take white men down a pick i mean we, <laughs> especially we, especially we, that white man <laughs> yeah especially you <laughs> and, see, yeah. and see that was one thing i liked about the second one was they have another scene like that where COVID 19 happens Borat has mm-hmm. to settle down in an apartment for a few days during the during lockup, and he settles in with two right wing extremists who are part of QAnon, I believe, or or at least have uh, read QAnon posts, and yeah, <laughs> and you get their political side where you're just like, you know, for people like you and me, we're agree or disagreeing quite wholeheartedly with everything they're saying, but then Borat mentions his country's treatment of women and how he's been treating his daughter the whole movie and these two yeah. guys who who we disagree with politically <laughs> entirely they're like no 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 man you can't be treating women like that he's like <laughs> yeah yeah i thought that was hilarious i i, I even turned to my wife and i was like man they're surprisingly progressive about women's <laughs> rights that is hilarious I, uh, I was I was wondering if those guys were actually actors. Actors, but yeah, they definitely felt I, like actors. 
That was my problem. Uh, with more the than movie. other people, at, at the very least, I can't like they don't. A lot of the cast members don't have pictures because they are real people, <laughs> like actors aren't. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for for pointing out my flawed statement. Um, they they aren't people in the limelight. They don't have headshots to share yeah. with IMDb. But anyways, these two guys, like, it's really funny like, that they just, like, become best friends with uh, yeah. Borat while <laughs> during COVID lockdown. Oh, my God. Oh, there's this really funny bit. We haven't even talked about this, the plot of this particular movie. But when no. they're in the lockdown, they, they're trying to kill COVID in their house. <laughs> and, and Borat's got a magnifying glass and a frying pan. He looks through the magnifying glass and he smacks it with the frying pan. He's like, no, you kill it with this. And he's got a can of Lysol. He sprays it. And then <laughs> Borat smacks it with the pan. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, they definitely, I felt like they were definitely actors. I, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. But yeah, that's the difference between the two movies is, you know, the first one doesn't really have a plot. It's kind of, I mean, it does, but it's, it's very loosely formed and is more about the exposure comedy that's going on in the streets. Right. And right. the second one has more of a plot and it's less about the, the improv comedy. I feel like more people were in on the, the joke. They were at least informed that they were filming a documentary right. or something. Right. And then also just the exposure of the character, like everyone at that point, knows who borat is i i say everyone obviously there's some people that he fooled but there's also like a really good bit where he puts on different disguises (laughs) so that people don't recognize him uh but the first movie there was 400 hours of footage plus 50 hours of behind the scenes footage and they pared that down to an 84 minute movie yeah. So that kind of speaks to the fact that there was no plot going ahead to this. It was like <laughs> it was Sasha Baron Cohen and the crew going on a road trip making yeah. improv comedy. Yeah, and, and throughout the course of that show or of the first movie, only like four people knew what was going on. So it was right. like it was only yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen, the other actor that's with them. What's his name? I gotta look that up. Uh, it, uh the actor's name is Ken davatian i think i apologize if i mispronounced his name but the the character's name is azamat i really liked azamat i did too i, I really liked him and i'm sad what uh, happens to him in the second movie <laughs> at the yeah very beginning it is of the movie. i i don't know uh here i'm gonna real quick i i was curious why he was not in the second movie it does it, it he is he is still with us uh, that's what I was curious about. If if he had, you just wanted to know if he died. That's cruel. I was curious. <laughs> no, I was just curious because I mean, you know, like when you introduce a character like that who's who becomes yeah Borat's best friend, you kind of expect to see him in the second movie. Uh, yeah. maybe he was busy doing something, or maybe he's retired. Who yeah. knows? But the only other people that knew what was going on or what would happen improvisational wise was Linnell, Borat's uh, right. prostitute wife, and Pam Anderson herself. Like, Which, thank God, she at least knew what was going on. Because... Yeah, for that <laughs> fucking scene. Oh, my God. So, eventually, uh, Borat gets uh, to a signing uh, for Pamela Anderson. And 
he's like <laughs> will will you marry me and she's like uh no i i don't think so and he says <laughs> consent is not necessary and he puts a bag over her and that's the it's apparently the traditional kazakh way uh which yeah, kid- obviously kidnapping your bride <laughs> Yes. Uh, after the movie came out, uh, the government of Kazakhstan wanted to make it clear that women, uh, you know, did not live in cages and uh, <laughs> freely traveled and owned the, and drove their own cars. And uh, Jewish people were allowed to go to synagogue freely. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they wanted to make that very clear i understand completely uh, so, why yeah he he's very cruel to the kazakhstan yes yes he is but he is completely fabricated and i, I do believe that sash baron cohen going in just trusted the audience to understand that it was a fictionalized yeah. kazakhstan but well i mean like i mean it's a character that uh, was... to a certain extent you got yeah. yeah it's the character's been around for a while yeah the character came from his uh ali g show <laughs> so it's like people knew that borat was fake but there there were still a lot of people who were not familiar with that show at all like i, I didn't know right. anything especially about... like us yeah. yeah i didn't know anything about sasha baron until borat came out like that was my first exposure to him, right. and I honestly didn't like him as a kid. I didn't like that kind of humor, so it's like sure everybody was constantly quoting him, and I was like, I don't really care for that kind of movie. It's like it's stupid. I was the same, the same. Yeah, I was the same with, as you. I was like, it's it's racist, it's stupid. Yeah, but now that I understand satire a little bit better, <laughs> um, I'm able to get a little bit more enjoyment out of it, and also like the the political things that he was trying to point out about our nation. I was a little bit more blind to yeah. growing up like xenophobia and the homophobia that our country suffers from as a kid. You're just, you're kind of just brought up to believe that it doesn't exist. And, and then you grow up and you're like, Oh, our country hates people. That's <laughs> yeah. great. The, the versions of me that if, when he first filmed this, if I had been caught on camera, when he first filmed this, I would have reacted way differently than say today if i were to just accidentally happen upon a sasha baron cohen set and like get caught in one of his yeah. one of his public stunts back then i would have been like i don't like this get away from me nowadays i probably would have like just be laughing right. and enjoying that you know having a good time with somebody acting like that around me i'd just be like oh god yeah. this guy's crazy and i love it yeah <laughs> uh yeah and and because we would like uh just be there shitting eating grins watching him make a fool out of these bigoted people we probably wouldn't have made it in the movie right well (laughs) well, i also feel like i feel like some of them are actually bigoted they just realized because in the second movie at least more of them knew that they were going to be filmed that they were going to be in a documentary styled movie and i think they quickly realized when he started acting like he is like and when he's in character I think they realized maybe this isn't a serious documentary. So they just started to play it up for camera right. because like a lot of people are, you know, if, if they realize right. that they're just going to start trying to play it up and make it seem better. So I feel like there were some areas where right. he obviously caught real bigotry and real terrible thinking on camera. But then there's some moments where I feel like it was just played up 
like the Instagram girl in I, I can't remember her name, but in the second movie, I feel like she started acting. Uh, Macy something. Yeah, I feel like she started playing it up more because no. she thought it was more of a joke. <laughs> it definitely didn't feel like she was right. She was, Macy Chanel. Yeah, I don't know. I I really don't know. In an interview, like I I did. Uh, it was the variety article you shared yeah. to me she did say that she did not feel like her actual persona was being uh portrayed yeah. in the film but she de- i mean she definitely said those things yeah like but i felt like that was more of a you moment can't, of, you can't really avoid that yeah and, but that's what i'm saying is like i felt like that itself was more of a moment where she had an idea of what the documentary they were filming was about and so she was trying to play it up for camera for that documentary style because sure that's just how I felt about it because it, it just didn't feel it felt more like acting and less like a realistic encounter right so because we keep on going back and forth on the yeah. on both films I think maybe we should uh, go ahead and mention what the second film's about a little bit more so the prodigious bride is actually Borat's daughter Tutar who's only 15 she's being portrayed by maria bakalova who at the time this was filmed was 24 so the situations they put her in are less inappropriate than i mean they're they're inappropriate (laughs) for a 15 year old uh girl maybe the i should say woman because it it is uh a, a feminist plot you know she she like they take her from a culture i say with air quotes that the audience can't see (laughs) a culture where they put women in cages to a a journalist uh later in the film that's that's probably a spoiler but anyhow she sneaks to america with borat borat's on another mission from for the kazakhstan government yeah the first movie that he made made kazakhstan a laughing stock he was sent to prison now he's been released to go and do it again and make people respect kazakhstan by offering johnny the monkey (laughs) as a present to mike pence yes um (laughs) and i won't spoil why johnny the monkey gets taken out of the movie but tutar is then there and he's like, what if I offer my daughter instead? What as as a yeah. wife? And the government's like, yes, you do that. And if you fail, we'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tutar is, because she's practically been living in a stable her entire life, not very, what's the way I want to say? She's not very elegant. She's, she's in a very literal sense, very uh, dirty. So he wants to get her made over and taught american uh ways or or practically mating rituals and so at the point in the movie where he is talking to macy chanel i think i set up the movie enough that's what the movie's about she is talking to her to try to figure out how to be a sugar baby because you know she has no idea what the culture is is about right and macy's there and she's like well how old (laughs) one thing she says is how old do you like them and she says nearly dead (laughs) (laughs) 
And and Macy says, well, then I think you should find somebody who's just had a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, she she says that. It's an improvised scene. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> supporting or standing up for her, the Instagram girl lady. Sure. I'm just sure. saying that it, it felt like she was acting more than being serious. It felt like she was sure. aware immediately... Maybe not aware that it was a a mockumentary, but she she became aware that it wasn't a very serious documentary. And she's like, "This is probably a waste of my time. I'm not going to be very serious with this." Right, right. But it is set up in a way so that the audience can watch it and be like, think that because there is a, a cultural division between the two characters, that she's trying to simplify what she thinks yeah and when you boil it down you know it's not good like she tells tutar that she has to be be weak to attract these older men which you know throughout the film i i think it's kind of nice that you got this 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 other character who really gets to grow in this movie there wasn't really much uh growth or character arcs in the first movie (laughs) no not at all but Tutar, you know, gets to realize that she does not have to be a weak subclass individual. Yeah. And I think one of the, the the key contributing factors to that growth is the babysitter woman. I don't remember her name. Yeah, I really, uh, Janice, let me get her last name, but it was definitely Janice. Yeah. and. She thought it was a documentary. Janice Jones. Yeah, she really did think it was a documentary. Like I think after, I think there was like some periods where she thought maybe this is more of comedic than what she thought. But like, she was so appalled right. by how Borat's daughter Tutar was raised, and and she teaches her so many things about freedom and equality, and like just she raises right. her up, like she puts her on this pedestal, and she's like, now you're gonna be the best you can be, and I want you to be that, and like. Oh, there's so many good moments with her yes. that I was like, I fucking love you. Like, <laughs> I fucking love Janice. Yeah, I really want to meet Janice in real life and be like, you're a good person. Right? A solid good person. You were put on the spot and you were good. Yeah, it, you helped this person out <laughs> so much that they were able to find a better story out of it. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, like imagine this movie without that turn. Yeah. Without... Um, her being like, your daddy is a liar. Yeah. That's literally they, what she tells. They probably would have just put on like some TV show or something and had, you know, Tudor like, right. be like, yeah. oh, you know, it's like they have so much power and freedom here. Yeah, there's another scene. Uh, man, I really do. I, I think I enjoyed Maria's portrayer, portrayal of her character a little bit more than, than Sasha, really. Yeah. But you know he's he's playing a character he's played for years. So that he's retired. He, he's, uh, he obviously is Borat. Yeah, he retired. He only brought back. He said he felt that it was necessary. Yeah. Because of everything that was happening last year, and I can't believe that he managed to get this movie out before the election. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's some hard work. Yeah. And I I agree with him. I think I think a lot of the stuff that he exposes is important, especially the division of how you know women are still treated in uh, our society. Right. That said, you know when he when he approaches, eventually he ends up approaching Rudy Giuliani instead of Michael Pence. And I don't know why I said Michael Pence. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but when he when he approaches Rudy Giuliani, it caused a lot of chaos and you know 
you know, publicity because people were like, well, look what kind right. of a dirty pervert Rudy is. I'm not saying he's not a dirty pervert, but I am saying that that scene right. is heavily edited to look to make him look more sure. like a dirty pervert because he definitely has right he definitely there's a has, particular moment yeah yeah like the the hand down the pants scene where it's it's very clear that he is just the, yeah taking his mic off like if you've worked in the industry you know how it is yeah and that's he was just that's what i was thinking too when i watched it but it does kind of look like he's reaching in his pants to you know get his willy going yeah but right before that he does say like she offers to have a drink with him Mm -hmm. in the bedroom of this hotel suite yeah and then when they're heading back there he does say you can give me your phone number and your address and then but that they start taking off his mic and stuff but but that 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 soundbite comes when his back is to the camera the audio quality is even different it's very clear that it was just it was taken out of context and placed right there just to make it even creepier because it's like the audio quality was quieter yes. than outside of what the apartment was like it, it's just sasha just making it look worse and i know that there was some like really big backlash against rudy because of this and i mean i support i that. i think we can both openly say we're not supporters <laughs> of rudy juniali uh, or no i hate the man really uh no anything he represents but he came out and he's like i never did anything inappropriate yeah. in and around when that movie was being filmed and uh well I mean, you were completely ignoring social distancing yeah. and all that other shit, but and 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 there are some things that there are some things that even out of context, what he says is gross. Like, <laughs> like yeah. there, there's some comments he makes that it's yeah. just like even even in the proper context of a conversation, I can't find any way for that not to be a skeevy, gross, disgusting thing to say to somebody who right. is clearly right. younger, like close to 20s i mean the character she's portraying is supposed to be Mm -hmm. 15 but like as you said the actress herself is in her 20s but he is being set up yeah to to be put in in a situation to be gross yeah and as maria as maria bakalova said you know she never felt unsafe or anything right and you know in any kind of detrimental situation throughout the interview you know there was there was other people in the room the whole crew there yeah and and sasha was there but it made for good comedy yeah it made for good comedy especially because like you're like how did they get this to happen right how how did they get this big political guy yeah how did they get this close like you think they would have screamed a lot better so do you remember why they they switched to to rudy instead of mike well i mean i I remember the cpac yeah oh my god sasha been ruined yeah. yeah dressed like donald trump yeah he, uh, he got yeah he's disguises himself like donald trump because he he's like who would mike pence trust well only donald trump obviously so he dresses so he dresses up like donald trump and then he bursts into i believe the women's restroom to collect yeah. <laughs> throws her over his shoulder and then runs in there he's like mike i have a present for I got you the girl. like in the middle of his oh, uh man. right in the middle of his uh his speech 
and like mike's mike's reaction yeah. is golden because he was just like really pissed off yeah. he like shuts down he's so cross he, tur- yeah. he turns like a bright red and he's just like i hate you <laughs> oh man he's got it uh and they get escorted out by security obviously but damn no sense of humor that was a good mask yeah that was pretty good that was like especially for the costume uh, store that he bought it in like it was it was like a, a it looked like a third right. rate mask and you're just like nope it's pretty damn good actually like yeah it's really good obvious i think obviously some kind of prop master made it for the movie but in the storyline you're right he goes to this he buys all sorts of shit at this <laughs> costume shop they they, oh, they spend man. money so frivolously uh, in the second movie like in the first one the budget was like seemed like very yeah. tight and like oh i can't afford that you know it's like that's the gag but in the second one he like goes into an antique <laughs> store in the south and like busts everything in there <laughs> was that the second one i thought that was the first one. Oh no they're, they're blending they, I, they're very similar films so. i just remember he can't pay for it like it, they're like that's four thousand dollars worth of damage yeah. and he pays them in like two thousand dollars and it's just like well that's what i got <laughs> yeah that's what i got and he's like okay now leave uh not only that like when he first comes into the store they have confederate flags right. everywhere and he's like why do you have so many of these flags and he's like oh we are uh recognizing our heritage or something like uh, that yeah ah stupid but i'm glad that we're kind of moving away from yeah that. i'm glad that he busted everything in that shop <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know the truck was there (laughs) (laughs) they kept on like rolling around on a taco truck oh it's great stuff well i i i don't know how much we want to say about these movies uh there's definitely some uh really good satire about the pandemic Mm -hmm. which we mentioned a little bit particular when he becomes country steve oh god and gets on stage and sings uh, Wuhan Flute, uh, which was more catchy than it needed to be, Sasha. Um, it's so bad. So apparently, the I don't remember the political person's name that came out about it saying that Sasha, disguised as a political action committee, yeah. paid for the musical setup that he had his own personal security block the stage according to this political person so that they couldn't take him off the stage to keep him from saying all the the racist shit in the song and and apparently also according to this political guy the people in the crowd started booing Yeah. (laughs) yeah and then at that point sasha fled the scene but in the movie they start singing along. Yeah, it's very clear. And I, I don't know how you would convince that many people to start singing along yeah. it, uh, if they were upset about the yeah. song. My my belief is that he was up there for like 10 to 15 minutes. And for the first 10 minutes, they were like, yeah, we're all for this. Let's, you know, we like everything that this racist bigot is saying on stage. And then he started probably right. for the last five minutes. He probably broke character for a little bit that we don't see on the screen. And was making fun of them, and then they're like, "Oh!" And then they started booing. That's what I'm assuming, is that he 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 maybe, flipped the tables maybe. on them and started making fun of them, and then that's when he fled the scene. Yeah, there's another article that I read that said that he was actually quite afraid of getting shot yeah. while filming 
this this movie. I would be too because Uh, it's like, but they didn't really like the article. Honestly, really didn't focus on the fact that he was afraid of this. It just mentioned it, but that was still the headline of the article. (laughs) I was like, what a stupid article. (laughs) But I would believe it. I would be afraid too, like you said. Uh, They had like freaking assault rifles strapped to themselves. Some of these guys at this rights rally you know we, you and i live in a very moderately liberal spot in the middle of a conservative area right. and you know i came across yeah. one guy who was a gun carrier open you know open carry and all i did was shake my head at his driving and then he followed me to a parking lot right. got out of his car and threatened to shoot me just because i had an issue with his driving I didn't do anything but shake my head, and this guy was like, I'm going to fucking kill you because of that. Yeah. And it's like some people, a lot of people out there, should not have fucking guns. And they're the idiots that attend these yeah, kind of I rallies, and like to stand up there and mock shit like that, I, I would have been afraid of getting shot. Yeah. I mean, God, if you can't, if you can't, if your psychology does not allow you to take a critique on without threatening the life of somebody like actually threatening the life of somebody then you something should be in place and this is probably the most political we've been on this show (laughs) something should be in place to prevent you from having the ability to 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 follow through to carry a gun that's that's what i'm gonna say yeah to carry a gun to be put in that situation where you could hurt someone for saying something i mean just in general i think it's good it's supposed to be for defense yeah yeah, exactly and and just in general i i think it's important to throw out there that if you can't take a critique in in any kind of facet of life like you know if if getting a a critical response or like some kind of uh constructive criticism like triggers you to some kind of like anger reaction probably just talk to a psychiatrist because that's not healthy (laughs) yeah you need to talk to somebody yeah because because like even if you're even if you still feel that you were right in whatever choice it was that you made at the end of the day you should be able to shrug that off your shoulder and continue on with your life yeah uh, it should not be a big deal or or if you if you feel that you are right when that constructive criticism comes just debate it and debate it calmly and quietly yeah explain <laughs> calmly yes calmly <laughs> thank you greg <laughs> uh our our culture is out of well, control it's like right i have now. a i have a friend at work uh, who it's like we don't see eye to eye on political issues but we just talk about it we don't get mad at each other because right. it's just like, no, I think you're wrong. It's like, oh, well, I see where you're coming from, but like, here's why I think this way. And it's just like, oh, I guess I understand what you're talking about. And we just discuss things naturally. <laughs> There's no anger in between us. Yeah. God. I mean, I I grew up in a family that loves to debate. Yeah. In the last few years, it has gotten too mm-hmm. heated. It's just, but that's just a mirror of how divided our country has yeah. become uh, and the, uh, in current times. All right. So I did want to mention before we move on to closing statements, because I do feel like we're kind of yeah. wrapping up. I do want to mention the anti-Semitic parts. Yeah. I feel like for, for us uh, 
as a modern audience who uh you know is, tries to be all inclusive and loving in our lives it's really hard to watch uh these particular scenes uh uh, in the first movie, you got the running of the Jew yeah. scene, which you know has these demonized characters. I don't know, like they're they're almost like parade floats. They're cur- they're caricatures running down, and they're it's you know running the bull style yeah. kind of thing. And uh, then in this second movie, there's this particular scene where there was a lawsuit mm-hmm. over, where he goes to a synagogue. Uh, dressed very inappropriate, very um, anti-Semitically, and then goes and talks to this Holocaust survivor. Yeah. I mean, that scene comes right after he discovers online the conspiracy theory that the Holocaust didn't happen. And for the culture of his, you know, of his fake country of Kazakhstan, they're presented as very anti-Semitic. And so discovering that, you know, the Holocaust is supposedly great event in his eyes which is gross but right yeah. didn't happen you know it was kind of like oh no he was he was devastated i guess and then when this lady tells him that she survived the holocaust you see him like burst into happiness that that actually happened and it's supposed to be funny yeah. and i get that it's supposed to be funny but for me i was just like that's disgusting man like what she went through and then you're turning this into yeah. a comedic scene right uh, so some background on this particular scene. So her daughter sued Amazon. Uh, well, tried to, I guess. I'm not I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know all the legalese. But she filed a lawsuit against Amazon and Sasha's production company over this, saying that her mother was duped into doing this scene. And she, she, her, her argument that at least the lawyer's argument was that the signature was messed up. She started signing on the wrong line, and then crossed it out, and then printed her signature. And she's like, "That's not what her signature is yeah. like." And, and then also, she just didn't like the way her mother was betrayed, portrayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on Sasha, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's side of things, the trial did get thrown out. Yeah. I'll just say that. Because there wasn't enough evidence. But on Sasha Baron Cohen's side, this is one of the very few times where he broke character before the scene and explained what was going to go, uh, go yeah. down. Because he he didn't want... Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been an ethical yeah. nightmare if he well, did. He also, I, I feel like he didn't want to be disrespectful because, again, he is Jewish too. So like he understands yes. the power of the Holocaust yes. and the events that happened. So it's like... I. I do respect right. him for breaking uh, character there, but it just, I don't know, watching it, that was the one scene where I was like, I really just don't want to watch this scene. You know, I was just like, I kind of just like walked away and made some yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, it it felt disrespectful. Yeah. It really did. So I am glad to hear that beforehand he explained yeah. what was going to happen because, I mean, that could have broke that, that poor yeah. woman's heart. Uh, she did pass away before the movie was released mm-hmm. on and Amazon. he dedicated it in her memory uh, too he did which from her daughter's point of view that could be even more uh yeah. insulting but in truth sasha baron cohen's design for all these anti-semitic scenes is anti-anti-semitism it's 
it is a satire on anti-Semitism to kind of, he, he says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he uses it as a tool to reveal the audience's own prejudices or apathy. That's not exactly the term that he was used towards anti-Semitism. And he, he recalls from his days in university that there was a particular historian that said the road to Auschwitz was paved with indifference. And he said he, that always stuck mm-hmm. with him as a Jewish person, that in that period in Germany, you didn't necessarily have to be a raging anti-Semite. You just had to be indifferent to what was going yeah. on. So I think what he, you know, what he's trying to do, and it's important to discuss what he's trying to do, is to show people, this is what people yeah. think. So what do you think yeah, about and- it? I and like I agree with what he's trying to do. The problem is like in our childhood when like when we were growing up, anti-Semitic humor was just a thing. It was everywhere. You know, Family Family Guy yeah, had it, it South Park had it. Like every, all these shows had anti-Semitic humor, and then you have Sacha Baron Cohen who comes out and makes it like hugely popular in the wrong in a way that he meant to be exposure but that ended up becoming people just continuing those jokes unironically or maybe ironically i don't remember i don't know the proper use of the word there but it it, it just became more anti-semitic humor instead of exposing the problem which i again on one on one hand i appreciate him trying to do it and on the other hand i hate us as the viewer for not understanding the satire of it and realizing it's stupid and wrong Right, right. Yeah, so I think that's it's just the the whole point of satire is to comment comment on mm-hmm. society, uh, on what's wrong with society. But as a viewer, as a person who does not agree with those parts of society, you watch it and you're just like this just hurts me to watch. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't know how I feel about the humor of it kind of just falls away. And it's just like, because some people just find it so funny that they just incorporate it into their day. And by doing that, it becomes racist or anti-Semitic and just wrong. So I did want to mention that his grandmother, it might be his great-grandmother, so I'll just mention that. But uh, she called him after watching the premiere, and she lives in Israel. She, She called him and told him that she thought, it was hilarious, <laughs> especially the anti-Semitic parts and why she thought it was so funny. I just thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah. I don't know what I want to say well, about that, but he is a practice. He is he practices Judaism pretty yeah. strictly. He he keeps kosher. He tries to keep the Sabbath. I mean, he's a pretty busy man, yeah. so you know I'm sure he has to work some Friday nights. Um, but yeah, he he takes his religion seriously. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that you have to acknowledge that he's not being anti-Semitic. Yeah. Uh, We're just taking it that way. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of discussion going on about your Mm -hmm. intention and what's actually being perceived. And 
I don't know. I don't know which way I I land on that. I, I definitely think, despite your intention, you have to acknowledge how it's being perceived and then go forward yeah. from there. I mean, just leading into the closing statements, I would say that taken as a satire, knowing in advance, like if you go into this knowing it's a satire, I think both of these are great movies. I think the jokes are hilarious. You know, they can come off as offensive, but they're exposing the offense. And in that light, I give both of them three stars, I would say, because I do enjoy both of them. Uh, The first one, as I said, is less less of a story, more of the improv humor. And it's it's far funnier, in my opinion, than the sequel. And I would say the sequel doesn't Mm. best it in my mind. But I enjoyed it more because there's a more of a thorough story because it's more of a conventional story sure. to follow and i also just enjoyed the tale of tutor or tutar and uh, maria bakalova is was yeah just absolutely fun to watch she is awesome <laughs> she's great yeah <laughs> like the transformation of the character it's like she's three different characters yeah. throughout the movie really she's she's like she really does a good job of making that first uh, version of her character as animalistic (laughs) as possible and then she's kind of like some kind of weird morph in between from that and a fully realized woman despite being despite still having all the strange uh fake kazakh uh kazakh cultural i don't know I, misgivings isn't the right word misconceptions might be better there you go but she still is a fully liberated woman who becomes a journalist and the number three journalist in all of Kazakhstan, yeah. where borat be- is number four <laughs> uh so going off of that i i agree wholeheartedly with what you said you gotta know that these are satire going in uh otherwise it Otherwise, you'll have one or two reactions. Ooh, this is gross. Or, yeah, I love this shit. And then the rest of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as an educated adult, I think it it is a far more impactful film than if you go in just blind. Or as a kid. Kids should not watch these movies. (laughs) I think kids can watch them. uh so so honestly i still don't really like the first movie i don't i i i i think it was a really good commentary on american culture but like the the problematic parts with it i think kind of outweigh that for me yeah uh especially like just just the black the backlash from the actual uh country in general like sasha could have done a little bit more research uh, on whether or not he would be offending this place or not and he could have just made up another country yeah uh so for that for that reason i don't know i i think i give it half a face i didn't really i don't really enjoy the movie however i really enjoyed the second (laughs) one i don't i don't know why why i liked it so much more i mean you obviously have that feeling in the first one that it is a documentary yeah and then that's kind of lost a little bit in the second movie but just that relationship between borat and tutar 
is so nice. Yeah. I like it. Like it comes, it, it starts out at such a really gross place, but then they're just they come together and they're a great journalist duo, <laughs> and they they make cock, co- their Kazakhstan better. Yeah. Oh, another thing I didn't mention. Uh, so I give that one a full face is what I was going to say. But another thing I didn't mention is that there is some uh, anti-Romani stuff in there that's just kind of tossed in. And uh, I didn't necessarily think that was necessary. It wasn't necessary, yeah. really. But that's all I got to say about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I agree with, with what you said. The sequel, uh, Borat, subsequent movie film wins. I think in the regards of uh, our sequel smash idea, I don't think the sequel was necessary. But it did outperform mm, in my... Yeah. like Again, I still think the first one's a better mockumentary. But sure. I enjoyed the second one more. So I would I would give it the victory slot. Okay. Uh, well, so I, I think... I think we both agree on on the winner of the episode, but I I am going to disagree on the necessity of the movie because like just everything that happened this year, mm-hmm. I just and the, his whole I feel like his whole purpose behind it was to highlight, especially to the American people, what was, is going wrong in our culture and to push us to to vote in that that election that happened just after just after the premiere yeah so i i think it, it was a necessary film i i don't know that you necessarily need to watch it though <laughs> <laughs> that's fair uh <clears throat> and i'm also realizing that we're uh <clears throat> we're posting this on april fool's day uh no no lies were posted in this video i think we're we mean most of what we had said but yeah, we, we we talked about fools. We're we're changing the meaning of the holiday. We talked about a fool, and uh, I hope you enjoyed. Right? Yeah, I've been the Green Traveler. Yeah, I hope so too. And I am the Faceless Leon. And uh, uh, one last one last note: why I'm not a huge fan of Borat. I do love UK's greatest fool, Sasha Baron I love him. Yeah, he is fun. He's he's good. I like I like him. Safe travels, and good night. All right. See how that goes. (laughs) Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.